0: Welcome into the Invest Well Show. I'm your host, Michael Wall, joined today in studio with Mr. Randy Cook. We're talking about some stuff on this podcast that I think you're going to want to listen to, tune into important information. This one's going to be kind of a really more of a timely one. You know, some of the podcasts that we throw out there are, we'll call it evergreen style. So meaning that you can kind of listen to it whenever talking about different things. But this one is going to be a little bit more timely. It's going to be specific to the coronavirus sell-off of the markets as we're shooting this podcast right now. This is Monday morning, February 24th, and the market right now currently is down about 800 points. Now, that obviously will change to some degree by the end of the day, and we don't know exactly where it's going to be. But I want to talk about that because I think it's an important thing to bring up as we look at volatility in markets, where we are now and what should you do? You know, should you, whether it's the coronavirus or the uh, Bud Light virus or the <laughs> Miller light virus or, you know, I mean, whatever, whatever virus it is or whatever thing happens, what should you do? Should you just, oh my goodness, we got to get out. Should we sell? You know, what should we do there? And I think uh, it's an important thing. So we're going to talk briefly today about what should you do with these big market moves And what do we expect to come? By the way, I want to thank you for those of you that have joined us for several shows now and been loyal listeners to the Invest Well Show. We want to let you know we appreciate that. We'd love to hear your feedback and comments, also things that you'd like to hear on the show. So first thing we'd appreciate is you just go into wherever you listen to this podcast, whether it's Google Play or Apple or Spotify or whatever, and give us your rating. Hey, Mike, we really enjoy the show. We love the content, love the energy, four or five-star rating. And if you can't give us a five-star, we'd love to know why, but five-star rating and give us your comments. Hey, love the show because of X. Also, you can layer in the comments things that you'd like to hear about. Maybe you're investing out there and you're doing your thing and you're like, you know what? I got some questions about this or that. Well, feel free to send them along. Another more direct way to send them along is you can send them directly via email to info, that's I-N-F-O, at leanonthewall.com. And as always, these episodes and podcasts are sponsored by Wall Private Wealth and U.S. Private Wealth, two companies that I actually own, full disclosure, and our team's been helping families for years in the process of protecting, growing, and reducing taxes On their wealth. So let's talk about the coronavirus, Randy, Mm -hmm. and how it's affecting the markets or really what is affecting markets and what does that look like? You know, and it is interesting.
1: People knee jerk. They really do. Yeah, they pour money into the market. I already read articles this morning about buying the dip, you know, so what has happened this week is that the coronavirus is not all in China. We have Mm -hmm. found that there's places in Europe where there are more cases and it seems to be growing. And what is this doing? Well, certainly, you know, you hear about the cruise industry, the airline industry, the travel industry, the hospitality industry, all of these different things will be affected if people start pulling back a little bit and saying, I'm not going to travel. It definitely affects the rest of the economy. But at the same time, how many times does this work, Michael, when the market goes down a thousand points or something like that and people they buy the dip and they rush money back in and yeah. then it goes back up again. At some point, the market will continue to go down and people will pull back and say, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not putting money in in a falling market.
0: Well, think about it like this, Randy. So let's say you were building a wall, a reinforcement wall around the foundation of your house, mm-hmm. right? And you had animals coming in, and they were digging around that foundation, and they were digging out the dirt and digging out the dirt and digging out the dirt, and it was allowing water to seep in. The wall was still there, right? Mm -hmm. And you were still building, by the way, on the top of the wall because you didn't see the erosion that was happening down below. Mm -hmm. And you're in a situation where you're building, you're building, you're going high. You're so focused on building the wall up. And this has nothing to do with the Trump wall, obviously. But, you know, you're building your your reinforcement wall up. You're laying another block, another block, another block, going as high as you can go to protect yourself or whatever you want to call it. And you got these animals down there digging around and so on and so forth. And then it rains and the water comes down and it gets in and, you know, continues to seep in and whatever, and you don't really see anything. There's a little bit of cracks that are starting to form here and there, but you're focused on building the wall. You're focused on building the next block up on top. And then all of a sudden... As time moves along, you're in a place where you're out there and your kids are playing baseball in the yard. And they're throwing baseball and they're throwing it against the wall. And they throw it against the wall to bounce back. You know, we all played that game when we were young. Take the ball, throw it against the wall, catch it in your mitt and do it again, right? Mm -hmm. Unless your parents said, don't throw the ball against the wall. (laughs) (laughs) Then you didn't do it anymore. Or you got a couple uh, spanks. At least that's how I happened when I grew up. And, you know, you're in a place where all of a sudden that baseball goes and it hits the wall in one particular spot, breaks the brick out, which was enough change, so to speak, in the structure that it caused the whole wall to fall down. Mm-hmm. And you're like, I can't believe that the baseball. See, if you would have never thrown the baseball. And it's like, wait a minute. You didn't even think about or worry about the animals that were there, you know, digging out around the water that came in, the rain, the storms, all of these things that were building and building and building and building and caused the erosion, and you're blaming the baseball. No, the baseball was just the kind of the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, right? The, the catalyst. tipping point. Yeah. The catalyst. Thank you. And so I think you know whether it's the coronavirus. Or like I said, the Miller Lite virus or the Bud Light virus or the Guinness virus. We got to go to Ireland to get that virus (laughs) or whatever it is. Kidding, of course. You know, I don't know that it's necessarily just that. Randy, we're in a situation where, I mean, let's be honest. Let's not put our heads in the sands here. Let's not just be focused on laying one more block on the top of the wall. We're literally in a place where the market has been in a bull run since 2009, It's not like, you know, if if you're not paying attention, you got to pay attention. I mean, we know that repeated in history, economies and markets don't just go up on a regular basis forever. They have to breathe. You have to step back. It's like if you were building that wall at the house, you know, a wise thing would be is to put several layers of blocks on and then go back down and make sure that everything is the foundation is good. You know, and if you started to see animals digging around and things like that, you'd say, you know what, time out. I'm going to press pause on building, you know, and laying more blocks to make it higher. I'm going to go get the shovel and start to put more dirt here and reinforce the base of the wall because that's the right thing to do, knowing that it wouldn't continue to support the weight if you didn't focus and do that. Right. So. It's what's happened with markets. People are in a situation where we say, okay, hey, the markets are up, oh, markets are up, markets are up. And yes, there have been a lot of things, a lot of rules and things. People are getting a lot of excitement with Trump's economy and tax reduction and, and money's coming back into the country and everything else like that. But what we're forgetting is there's been a lot of money that's been printed by the Fed that's used to buy treasuries through quantitative easing That happened in the beginning of the early teens in the 2000s, 2010, 2011, 2012, et cetera. And we're in a situation where we have had a recovery, but forget politics. We've been in the longest recovery in the history of the country, the longest bull run. And so you got to know the string has to unwind at some point in time. And in my opinion, it could be the coronavirus. It could be, you know, a little while back, we had a flash crash and, you know, other things that we had talked about in years past in markets. I mean, it could be anything, could be China, could be trade, it could be whatever, but something's going to unravel it. And I always like the premise investing like a fire, like if you're out camping somewhere and, you know, you take your kids camping and because you love the outdoors and you like to sleep on the ground Especially where there's some roots, so that way when you wake up, you got to go to the chiropractor. It's a wonderful situation. <laughs> your neck's out of alignment. Um, your neck your ne- sounds <laughs> your like guy- you're
1: speaking from experience. Well, <laughs> I can't
0: say that I spoke from experience, but I can say that I speak from experience. Yeah, I will tell you that. Okay. <laughs> my wife loves to lay in the ground where all the roots are and the rocks are, and you can hear. People walk by your tent at four in the morning because they don't like to sleep ever when they camp.
1: You just love camping, don't you? I it's, it's it's phenomenal.
0: Actually, you know, I I don't mind it. You know, I don't mind it, Randy. It's it, the it's, sleeping. Yeah, I know. If I can sleep, I'm good. Right? Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, you got two or three days of being up pretty much with a couple hours a night. Anybody gets cranky, right? So you're in a situation where you're building a campfire and you go to the store and you get your wood and. You know, hopefully it's dry because they kept it inside or whatever they did with it. And you got the wood, you bring it back, you build your fire. Well, that fire needs two main things to continue to burn. Randy, let's check
1: your level of fire building knowledge. It needs fuel and it needs air. It needs oxygen. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. Ding, 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 ding. You're the winner. Okay. So
0: that's what it needs, right? So if you're in a place where you're standing there and you're like, wow, we got the, you know, I don't know if you're like the pyro people. I am. So when you're in the campsite, it's like, I want to have the biggest campfire (laughs) Around. Okay. It's like, okay, kids, how can we make this
1: four layers high? <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing you like Tom Hanks. I make fire!
0: Exactly. He's like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's super high. Yeah, and people are walking around like, that's a really nice fire. I'm like, I know it is. <laughs> and it's mine. So I'm in a place where we're building a fire. We're having a good time, whatever. It's all good. But the question is, how much more will that fire continue to burn if we don't have any wood? If we run out of wood? At some point in time... <laughs> It's done. Yeah. We got to get more wood, right? And so the challenge with investments, the challenge with markets, the challenge with things in general is you have to look for what is pushing it. What is pushing the process? And that's really, really important. You know, back in the late nineties, tech was hot, right? And then everybody's talking about all the tech bubble burst and First off, it's a bubble. It's probably going to burst. So there's a little, you know, newsflash for the geniuses out there. <laughs> you know, I've never blown a bubble from bubble gum that hasn't just continued to grow <laughs> or I'd be sitting here still blowing it. Right. I mean, it'd be like the biggest bubble in the world. Mm-hmm. People in China be like, what is this like? This is like pink, sweet stuff in my face. <laughs> oh, it's a bubble from Michael Wall. <laughs> okay. <All right>. Kidding. <laughs> Kidding. Of course. But at the end of the day, it's going to burst, right? So, you know, when you look at the late 90s, it's not about tech bubble bursting. It's about the fact that, you know, industries change. New things come out. All of a sudden, you know, money shifts. People get excited about going. I mean, if you've ever lived in an area where you got a brand new restaurant, right? you got a brand new restaurant that comes out and it is just packed. You can't get in. I mean, it's just packed and packed and for weeks, maybe even months, depending on the restaurant. Where did all that business come from? It came from people leaving other restaurants and not going to other restaurants that they enjoyed going to and going to this one. Which means some other restaurant is feeling the fallout, right? Mm -hmm. And when you look at investments, fuel is people investing money into certain things. You know, if it's oil or Apple or, you know, whatever it may be. Amazon, it's not necessarily just because of business growth. You know, every market move is made up by a variety of factors. One is just flat out, you know, economic climate, but the other one is fuel going into the fire. And if money is not going into the fire, then we're in a situation where the fuel starts to die. And what's happened is, is people are in a place where they're realizing, Randy, that we've been in the longest bull run in history and there's some powder that they're keeping dry. It's sitting on the sidelines because people are waiting for what comes next. And there's nothing wrong with that. So let's get down to the, you know, as uh, Jack Black says in uh, Nacho Libre, let's get down to the nitty gritty. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) What should you do? Well, you know, what you should do is you should never be all into anything, anywhere, at any time, in my personal opinion, unless it's your own business. So let me preface that. You need to know when to be all into your own business and you need to know when to not be. But when it comes to investing in general, I mean, to take all of your investments and go invest it in one particular stock or one particular market or one particular thing would not be a good idea. Case in point right now with U.S. Private Wealth, which is our advisory firm, you know, Dalton and I, which he's the junior manager there and myself, which, you know, I lead with portfolio direction and design as well. We are literally, Randy, in a place where we had a conversation last Monday where we were talking about dollar-cost averaging some monies in that's sitting on the sideline and some different things. And we haven't made any moves yet because we kind of wanted to wait and see. You know, we certainly, the market was down a little bit Friday. We wanted to kind of wait and see what was happening. And I think if anything you do, if I say anything from that, you want to do things strategically. So if you got monies that you're investing and you're all in the market right now, You know, you might want to say, well, geez, the market's down big. I don't want to sell now. Well, that's true. But what if it continues to drop? Then you're going to say, well, I probably should have sold then, right? But what if it bounces and goes back up? Then if you sold, you would have said, well, I probably shouldn't have sold then. The point is, is you don't want to try and time markets and you don't want to try and do things based on the day or the week or even the month. You want to do things more from a macro level. You want to do things more from a big picture perspective. And that big picture perspective says the markets have been up since 2009, March-ish of 2009. We're in the longest bull run in the history of the world. Yes, there's a lot of great things happening, but in my opinion, it makes sense to think about, obviously, you got to look at your own personal situation, but think about maybe taking some monies and, and moving to areas that are more safe, especially if you're older and you've achieved your wealth already. You know you don't want to necessarily take in any unnecessary risk. I mean, you know it's like we always talk about golf, Randy, but we were both talking about golfing this weekend. Mm-hmm. I was golfing at Trump International with uh, Jim Jordan, uh, representative from Ohio, and Warren Davidson, representative from Ohio as well. Great guys. Jim's one of the guys that's been leading the charge a little bit with the impeachment thing and some other things. And you were golfing this weekend in Atlanta, right?
1: Yep. It bears and best so, one of the Jack Nicholas's courses.
0: Yeah. Yep. And so when you golf, so I ask you the question, if you're in a place where you hit a bad shot and you end up going into the woods and you have the ability that if you get in there and you see it, you're like, oh man, I can see the flag. I can see the green. I can see it. There's three <laughs> trees in the way, but I got about a six inch window between those trees. And I, I just know myself. I know I can punch that ball right through that hole. That's six and, it, I know I can do it. It's a trap. I know
1: I can do it. It's a trap. It's a trap. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so you can either do
1: that or you
0: could punch it out and, you know, take one more shot. So the question is, what should you do? Take your medicine.
1: <laughs> Go the safe right. route.
0: Yeah. Go the safe route. Get it out there. And then, you know, for sure, you're going to have a great opportunity for the next shot to hit it on the green. You know, the other option is, is you try and just ego it up and say, oh, I can do this, try and punch it through those trees, and you miss, and you hit a tree, and it bounces back, and it lands 10 yards behind where you started.
1: And you're in a worse position than you were before. you were a worse position than you
0: were before. So the point is, we all know that if we're golfers or if we do things like that, we know what we should do. But sometimes what we know what we should do and what we actually do are two different things.
1: So I guess wrapping that up, what I hear you saying is you have to take a look at the foundation Of what's going on in the market right now. And the economy seems strong, but things come to an end. You also need to be ready when things turn. And it seems to me, you also need somebody to help you with this. You need some advice along the way. Well, you do. And that's
0: why every pro ball player, every pro golfer, since we're talking about golf, we'll talk about golf. Every pro golfer has a caddy that's helping them judge distance You know, they don't get to the level where they practice and practice and practice and become so good. Tiger Woods or, you know, whoever it is today, right? There's a lot of great golfers out there. They're not in a situation where they're showing up and they're like, you know what? I'm good enough now. Um, I don't think I need a caddy. Uh, I don't need somebody helping me with distances. And I definitely, I definitely don't need a coach because I got it. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, the best people continue to get coaching. And the reason is because they know the value of coaching. That's why they continue to be the best people in a lot of ways, right? And if the coaching's not working, what do they do, Randy? They switch coaches. Yeah, of course they switch coaches. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, if you're going to the gym and you got a trainer and you're like, hey, I've been in the gym now for three years and I got a trainer that's telling me, uh, you know, you're doing a great job and, you know, it's going to take X amount of time, but you're not seeing any results. It's like, you know what? You might want to get a different trainer. Yeah. Chances are they don't know what they're doing. They might be able to talk some games, share some information. But, you know, so you change the coach, you change the trainer. It's nothing. It's normal. That's what people do in life. And unfortunately, with people with their investments, they somehow get these emotional bonds and they say, well, you know, this person, I've known them forever. And, you know, they really they're like a lifelong friend. And, you know, I know I don't love the results. Maybe I sure we're doing great when the market's up. We make a lot of money. But when the markets are down, we lose a ton of money, which kind of washes away a lot of the gains. But I just feel like I, I have to. Well, no, you don't. And business is business or friends are friends. And you got to make the decision that's best for you. So you're right. You need some help. And I think my simple analogy here would be, and you've heard me say before, if you've listened to this podcast, we are in the longest bull run in history. Don't put your head in the sand. Pay attention. If somebody's out there telling you, you know what, don't worry about it. The market always wins long term. Hang in there. Well, they're not paying attention to the fact that since the inception of the S&P, there have been over three flat periods where the markets have literally gone sideways for almost 20 years per period. That's a long time. Mm -hmm. So if you're 60 years old and we're in another flat period, you're in a situation where, you know, basically until you're 80, the markets could be sideways. If you actually look at the market growth with inflation added in, Randy, and I'll end on this note, from the year 2000 to 2016, the market was basically flat. Go look at the chart. Go look at Macro Trends five hundred, and S&P 500, and pull that up and look at 2000 to 2016. You'll see that the chart, the market was
1: basically flat for 16 years. That's a long time. It's a far cry from what they tell you that the market goes up at 8% per year. But that's over a long, long history of the market. There's some down and there's a lot of yeah. flat there too.
0: Yeah. And you have to evaluate the stage of life that you're in. I mean, if you're 60 and retired, then the question is, is you got to evaluate, you got to do things differently. So my suggestion there is if you got questions about what should I do, I'm challenged to know, I don't want to just play the yo-yo game anymore. I've done it in the past. Go to leanonthewall.com. Go to leanonthewall.com. There's a lot of great information there. You can reach out to our team there. We've been helping families for years protect, grow, and reduce taxes on their wealth with a variety of different investment structures, thinking outside the box, utilizing direct real estate, utilizing a variety of other things like private equity and other products that are not connected to the market risk as far as you know losing principal and things like that. So there's a lot of things that you can do in building a comprehensive plan, and you got to be looking at that at this stage in the game. So we got a lot of great education and information there as well. So wallcom reach out to us. We'd love to kind of add value there. As always, I hope you enjoyed the show. And, uh, you know, we talked about some things, had a little fun along the way, but this is really an important time to evaluate what you've done. You worked hard for what you have. So take the time to do that. And as always, our challenge is for you to live on purpose so you can live with purpose and steward the wealth that you've been blessed with well. Hope you have a great one. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Any client experiences discussed during this show are unique to that client. They are not meant to imply or suggest you will experience the same results. By contacting us, we'll review aspects for your retirement portfolio to include suggestions about how to best utilize stocks, bonds, life insurance, annuities, and other financial products, or if changing management styles is appropriate for your specific needs and objectives. Michael Wall is an investment advisor representative of U.S. Private Wealth, LLC, a registered investment advisor. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell any financial vehicle. Pass- Performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments can fluctuate, and when redeemed, may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Financial professionals are not licensed in all 50 states. To find out if Michael Wall is licensed in your state, please contact his office. Wall Private Wealth Inc. is not affiliated with nor endorsed by the Social Security Administration or any other government agency, and does not provide legal advice. Annuity guarantees rely solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing insurance company. By contacting us, you may be provided with information about insurance and annuity products offered through Michael Wall, NPN license number seven three three. 0010.